Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay, let's get this thing started. Drop the subject with Allie and nurse practitioner James Simmons has returned to the show. I'm glad that you opted to come back. Well, 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 thank you very much. I love that I've returned. It sounds so like epic and James has returned. Your triumphant return. You know what they love to say after you've not talked for 24 hours? They like to say you're breaking your silence. Uh, Yes. So, James, congratulations on breaking your silence. <laughs> I have broken, because I haven't spoken since the show ended on Tuesday. <laughs> you haven't. That's how you've, dedicated I am. You've been a monk, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, well, welcome back to the show. Very happy to have you, and uh, all kinds of things to get into today, of course. Much more crazy impeachment stuff. We've got Closet Watch to get to. Another person has come out of the closet. What will it do for our gay pool? It is Thursday, so we also have a gay gay cray cray to get to. Very excited about Gay Gay Cray Which, Cray. Yeah, you've never you've never done on the show. Have you heard of Gay Gay Cray Cray? I, I have heard of Gay 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 on Thursday day. Great. I wanted to ask you right off the bat Let's because as a nurse practitioner, and you can always call us 83377 call Q if you want to ask the NP live, because uh, you have your uh Ask the NP on on Instagram and on Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, you know if you have any health related questions, you can give us a call all show long. Again, eight three three seven seven call Q. But I will start. I went to the hospital yesterday. Well, I had a doctor's appointment, and oh, so you're you're okay. It was, it was, I'm okay. It was yeah, it was it for like... my shoulder and a couple of other little things. Uh-huh. And first of all, when you get there. I was feeling a little bit under the weather yesterday, and I got to the hospital, and I saw a bunch of people in the masks, which, you know, you see a lot of the times (laughs) at a hospital anyway, but Uh then there's a lot of corona talk going around, so I'm wondering if I, and I've told you about the Wuhan thing, I told you there's somebody in this building who was in Wuhan. was there. Who was there, and then felt like crap afterwards, now I'm kind of feeling like crap, and now I'm at a hospital. (laughs) Around people with masks around people with masks uh-huh. should i be wearing a mask and should i even be here yeah, right should i stay home if i'm feeling like crap and i'm around a bunch of people who also feel like crap N- number one yes like if you're ever i am not the guy who even though i kind of grew up this way but i'm not the guy who's like i'm a hero for going to work when i'm sick nope this is why we have the internet stay your butt home or i'm sure your doctor provider nurse practitioner whoever is happy to reschedule with you like is your shoulder falling off nope all right stay home if you're sick okay that's true but i had to reschedule this appointment already and if i had not gone if i had not gone to this appointment it could have been an extra maybe two weeks before Mm, i saw them again that's hard so that's a that's a toughie and because of that fact, I ask you my next question. When I was in the doctor's office, I thought, okay, yeah, I'm here for my shoulder. I'm here to get a checkup and make sure that my arm isn't falling off. But while I'm here... <laughs> while since... I'm here. Oh, the good old while I'm here. Exactly. So that's my question for you is, and I know everyone says, talk to your doctor about everything that could ever happen in your body or your mind yeah that's ever happened ever but what are you not what like what are you not supposed to ask your doctor what are you not supposed to bring up if you go to an appointment for your shoulder are you only supposed to ask about the shoulder is it okay to sneak in a little hey i think my allergies are getting really bad Mm. can you prescribe Mm -hmm. me something is it okay to ask things that are completely unrelated to the reason why you're there in the first place so 
I love this question because it is really, really complicated because we will be the first people who will say to you a year down the road when something's really wrong. Well, why didn't you bring it up the last three times you were here? Right? Yes. Why didn't you talk to your doctor? Why didn't you talk to your doctor? But we're also the people who are like, I have 12 and a half minutes to see you. Exactly. So like, I don't need to know that you stubbed your toe last Thursday and that like your eyelashes are falling out and like what all these things that probably don't really mean anything. I have 12 and a half minutes to make sure your arm's not going to fall off. So it is, it is difficult and complex. And I think ultimately the, the, it really lies in what's wrong with our medical system. Our health system is completely broken. I should not only have 12 and a half minutes with you. You should be able to bring up whatever you want. Well, exactly. And that's where I feel bad immediately for even wasting their time. Mm. And that built-in shame is BS. We shouldn't feel shame 100%. about taking time to go to the doctor and being like, you know, and seeing people who can barely walk and being like, why am I even here? Why, why I, am I here? Right. Why, why am I here? I'm here for something that I know. I, I know that my arm is okay. I probably just need some physical therapy. It's not broken. I know this already. So why am I even here? But also when you're home complaining about your shoulder and your wife's going, please go to the damn <laughs> doctor. The doctor. Then you go to the doctor and you're like, I feel like I shouldn't really even be here. It is kind of a broken system. You're right. And and I will give, I mean, I, I will say because I had a show with you on Tuesday, I had this fresh in my mind. I was noticing everything that the nurse practitioner was doing. Mm. And uh, how do you have perfect timing all the time? <laughs> because nurses are magical. They are, I mean... I was very, very nice to my... I'm always nice to the nurses, but she was particularly wonderful. She took my blood pressure. Uh, she was like, oh, it's a little low, but everything's fine. All right, I'm going to go get the doctor. And then she left. And then the doctor came, and he's talking to me. And then he's like, well, also, you know, I think I should give you this shot. And then right at that moment, the nurse walks in with the <laughs> shot. Like... I'm like, how did she know? Does she have some kind of a, like, is she listening on an earpiece and walking in at the right moment? Why, how did this happen? She she runs the world. I will tell you, this, this is the this is the line. Brains of a doctor, heart of a nurse. That That is what nurse practitioners are. That is, and nurses just have this thing. It's why we're called to nursing and not necessarily medicine. And like I said on Tuesday, I will never knock doctors ever. But we're called to nursing because we just get, people and i'm sure she had 14 other patients and she's running the office and she's doing this thing and someone is actually sick she's calling 911 but this little went off in her brain and she's like oh you I know what ali ali needs that shot i better she... go in there <laughs> dr so-and-so usually takes about three and a half minutes to get to the shot so i better walk in i the mean shot. the the sixth sense with the nurse practitioners. I'll take it. Is pretty incredible. I'll take we'll take all of it. And do you naturally <laughs> just have that bedside manner or is that something they're teaching in the years and years and years of school that you had to go through? Thank you for acknowledging the years and years and years. Sorry, and years, years and years and years. And years. Uh, you know, I do I think it's the type of person to some degree. This is a nature versus nurture kind of conversation, right? But I think the type of person that's drawn to nursing is is usually inherently empathetic. Um, I mean, obviously I can't speak for all 4 million nurses in the United States, but that that's what we're drawn to do. We sort of get folks. We sort of get what's going on with your health and with your body. Mm. And then we are also taught in nursing school to really pay attention to those types of things. And and pay attention to the insecurities or the fears that a person might have when they go visit the doctor and right. kind of ease those insecurities. Which they, which they shouldn't have. Talk to your doctor. We don't know everything. We're not perfect. Yes, we might speed you along, but tell us anyway. We want to know. Yeah, talk to your doctor, just not too much. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> Impeachment stuff is next. It's gotten crazier than crazy. Is it over? Who knows? We'll get to that next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, a lot of people got the notification yesterday. Uh, I'd say around, I think around the time the show ended yesterday. Mm-hmm. Well. Uh, that notification, that dreaded notification that uh, the president of the United States has been acquitted. And we were shocked. And we were so shocked. <laughs> Completely surprised. Well, it's one of those things where this has dropped the subject, by the way, with Allie and uh, James Simmons, nurse practitioner, is joining me all show long. And it's one of those things where you kind of knew it would happen. But then when you see it, you're like, damn uh. it. Because you were, you were, damn it is right, you were sort of praying for... A miracle! Um, something, because you know there was Mitt Romney and Doug Jones, and there were a couple of Republicans who were like, ah, and I think all we needed was 23 of them to change their mind. I know, <laughs> and when Mitt, Mitt Romney, you know, announced that he was going to convict, you're like, oh, what is, and then you look through and you're like, no, yeah, no, uh, that really no. is not going to make any difference, is Doesn't it? Doesn't even matter. But I feel like this acquittal... When I read this, I was like, oh, my God, I have heard this story before. It's the story of Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. OK, I love this uh, analogy, this parallel. Do tell. Please okay. explain. So in many ways, we kind of created this, right? There was just random bits throughout history of, of anger and resentment and, and racism <laughs> and, and misogyny and miscommunication. And so it's all now together. been sewn together <laughs> right. and created this monster that now walks Whoa. among us, destroying everything in its path. Yeah, yes. And then the impeachment was a chance for Dr. Frankenstein to look at this and be like, should I put down this monster? This is This was a giant mistake. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then when the acquittal happened, it was the choice of, no, I think we're just going to stand by the monster and let it continue to wreak havoc on the world around it. All over the villagers and everyone <laughs> at the bottom in the valley. Us little gay villagers. <laughs> right. And continue to wreak havoc over everyone. And it didn't. I mean, we knew. Right. Everyone said we're going to be crowning a king and this is going to open the floodgates as if they weren't open already. But to let this guy feel as if he can continue to do whatever he wants outside of the boundaries of norms and rules and laws, constitutional laws. And he just continues to do them. And it just got worse. Oh, all bets are off. It is officially the Wild West. Yep. And that's kind of why the ripping of the State of the Union address. I'm not so mad at it because I'm just like, this is just not, I mean, I'm not mad at it there at aren't all. Rule, there aren't rules anymore. I think it's amazing. All right. So Donald Trump already made some remarks about it. Of course, the first thing he did was take to Twitter. But these were some of the first words that he spoke at the National Prayer Breakfast about his acquittal. This is what he had to say. I will trigger warn you. You're about to hear his voice. <laughs> right. As everybody knows, my family, our great country, and your president have been put through a terrible ordeal by some very dishonest and corrupt people. (laughs) They have done everything possible to destroy us and by so doing very badly hurt our nation. They know what they are doing is wrong, but they put themselves far ahead of our great country. 
Now, just quickly, James Simmons, as a nurse uh. practitioner, is this man in good health? <laughs> okay. I feel you like his breathing it. is not correct. He's way more orange than he normally is. And I'm not even saying that on like a hating standpoint. I'm saying that on a like, what is, you know, like, is he in liver failure? Like, what's going on? Yes, is what is going on? Tanning bed, get out of control. You can also hear it in his voice. That this man has not. Now he probably has been up. I mean, we we tr- we tried sure. to put him on trial. Uh-huh. We tried. It didn't quite work. But he's stressed. You can hear it in his voice. He looks horrible. He's gained weight. Which not. I'm not fat shaming. I'm just we. When we're stressed, we gain weight. Mm. He's gained weight. His skin looks horrible. He sounds horrible. He, but yeah. he still has got he's, just enough energy just to, just to stick piss it. everyone off. <laughs> right. I can I still say matters. hateful things when I barely have a breath left in my body. <laughs> but I can't talk. Well, the next steps are. It's not even been 24 hours since he's been acquitted, and two Republican senators have announced that they are. Uh, going to continue looking into potential conflicts of interest with Hunter Biden's business dealings <laughs> in Ukraine and China. They have specifically requested Hunter Biden's travel records. So I guess the response so far is, all right, where were we? <laughs> right. Let's let's just continue on. So let's just continue with this yeah. because it's corruption. Uh, unbelievable. Aye, aye. Well, I found some very interesting tweets and comments when I was searching through the right and the left side uh, reacting to the impeachment vote. I think I have a little quiz for you. Oh, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to give you some tweets and you have to decide who tweeted them, the right or the left. Oh. It's actually surprisingly hard. So <laughs> we'll get to that when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject with Allie and James Simmons, nurse practitioner. Very interesting breaking down the health concerns of our president. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that something else? I'm like, he's a little... That was literally I was like, what I was thinking. Is that the death rattle? Is I'm that like, the death rattle? Please tell me it's the it's death rattle. It's called small breathing. I'm like, is he dying? Like, what, what is going on, Well, Donald? because he'll walk out, you know, in front... They always do those interviews where he's on the, uh, you know, White House lawn, and he is so out of breath from doing nothing. Just one of those people who's perpetually out of breath. Well, and speaking of out of breath, the other day he was like, when he was in Mar-a-Lago for the 347th time just this year, he <laughs> was golfing and he's like, I'm getting my exercise. And I, no. No. Golfing. And you have caddies. You are <laughs> in a cart. You're not, when you're, I mean, because I like, I actually do enjoy golfing. Mm-hmm. It's but, great. But I will walk the course because A, I can't afford the cart and B, <laughs> I want to actually get exercise. Get a little movement in there. Yeah, just because you swing a club, probably for him two or three times. <laughs> <laughs> hey I'll be here all Ooh, week. Golf uh, shame. Right, golf shame. Uh, it's not exercise. Anyway, I'm sorry I digress. I can't help it. <laughs> all right. So now we're moving into, this is a continuation of some crazy impeachment stuff. Of course, if you are uh, just hearing about it, Donald Trump has been acquitted. The Senate has voted not to remove him from office. It, uh, I think it was like 52 to 49 vote, but you needed, I think, at least 67 in order to uh, remove him from office. Correct. So we kind of yeah. knew that that was not going to happen, but still unfortunate news. Now, I went into a Twitter hole and I was reading comments on both sides of what was going on with Donald Trump, what was going on with Nancy Pelosi. And I found a very similar amount of hate for Donald Trump as I did for Nancy Pelosi. Oh, good, good for Nancy. I mean, she's she, doing something right. People hate her <laughs> so much. So I thought we'd read some tweets, and then you guess who tweeted it, right or left? Oh, the oh, right. So right or okay. So who 
righty tweeting it about Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, a righty. Yes, a righty in this case was tweeting about Nancy Pelosi. Lefty was tweeting about Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Not that they're right in what they're saying about Donald Trump. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Is this tweet correct or incorrect? Exactly. (laughs) We can't fact check. That's just a whole other segment itself. All right, here we go. Tweet number one. This person, I'm going to eliminate pronouns where Uh I can. Thank you. But the name is Joey Williams. Says, needs to be on a couch seeking help from a professional. Oh. I feel like we like to throw mental health things at women more than we do at men. So I'm I'm going to go with that being a righty tweeting at Nancy Pelosi. Great job. Yeah. You're totally right. Yeah. Ding. Oh, yeah. We got the bell. Very good. I'll take a, a thousand, Alex. All right. We'll move on to Patrick Murphy. A tweet saying, demon in a skin suit, prove me wrong. <laughs> Again, demon. We demonize women. That's coming from a man. I got to give that one to the righties. You're correct. (laughs) Oh, I like this game. That is great. So I don't ever want to read Twitter again. You just read it for me. Okay. Okay. okay, Great. Uh, This is coming from Casey Woodland on Twitter. Get your trash can ready. I have a feeling we're all about to throw up, even if just a little. That was absolutely a lefty. You're correct. (laughs) Unbelievable. Because... We all did just a little bit of that. Uh, okay. Sammy Schindler. No uh, profile picture. Do we think that's Sammy's real name? <laughs> I don't know if anyone has the, their real name on Twitter, uh, on Twitter. anymore. Uh-huh. Not qualified to hold any office, publicly displays no respect, is not a patriot, and corruption runs deep. It's got to be a, a... Oh, this could be tricky. I know. Good tweet, Schindler. <laughs> Sammy Schindler. Sammy Schindler. I'm going to go with a lefty on this one. You are incorrect. Oh. Nancy is not qualified to hold any office. Dang she it. publicly displayed no respect, and she is not a patriot, and her corruption runs deep. <laughs> I need to see receipts. Isn't this, this crazy? All right, let's do one more. Someone buy that. Can I say? Uh, I think I can say ass hat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone buy that ass hat at thesaurus. You haven't done s for this country except make it more divisive. So sad. What a hoax. And that comes from Lara on Twitter. Oh, I was gonna say that comes from your Allie Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I should have closed it out with one of mine. One of your tweets. Uh, I'm gonna go with the lefty. You're correct. Unbelievable. You're really good at this. Why? why thank you. I may. Read just a little bit too much Twitter until then I'm ready to uh, like just cry and then I go take a bath and shake. Yeah, I mean I think this will be what we all do when we go through Twitter. Uh, last one, go for it. Guzman said the devil himself. Oh, yes, uh, lefty Donald Trump. Nope. Oh, go God. for it. Guzman said Nancy Nancy is the devil himself. And I'm not even joking, devil himself. Uh, we could do this all day. Brilliant, Guzman. Uh, Brilliant. Okay, closet watch when we get back. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Yes, all right. Lots to cover on today's show. We have so much to get to. If you are just tuning in, you missed a great game. Who tweeted it, the right or the left side? Uh, you can always download the podcast. If you missed anything, drop the subject wherever you find your podcasts. I am Allie, hanging with you today. And right next to me is James Simmons. He's a nurse. So if anything goes wrong with me, which there's plenty going wrong. <laughs> you, there's I kind have, of a lot going on right now. There is a lot going on. I mean, I have my, my physical 
physical ailment, as far as my injury, I think I'm getting sick, I'm worried about corona, I have a hypochondriac wife. I mean, I'm very glad you're here. I, thank you. I feel you. like, I'm... actually, now that I say that, somebody put you here. <laughs> it's a subtle uh, clue, right? Um, Allie, this is an intervention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm here if you need me, okay? Um, Blink twice. I have my own. Is there anybody who has their own personal nurse with them? Uh, like, all the time. Really? There's a whole concierge. Well, there's concierge medicine, right? Um, I actually know someone who used to work with the Kardashian Jenners, um, oh. and that that physician is just like on call, um, which is great. I That's mean, a good gig. They yeah. have the money to do that, right? Well, it's a good gig slash not a good gig because if you're like out at dinner and it's your anniversary and like Kylie calls and is like, um, she's like, my tongue hurts. Right. I need you to come over. <laughs> and so then like they just got to pick up and go to Calabasas and like deal with Kylie's tongue. Oh. <laughs> I didn't I'm know. sure a lot of people have had to do that before, so that's I mean, not surprising. That's called a booty call. Actually, Travis Scott would not appreciate that. Sorry. That's true. Sorry, Travis Scott. I know you're listening. Okay, so let's get into Closet Watch. Closet Watch. And if you're not familiar, uh, I'll get, keep you updated. Now, in 2020, we have made some predictions as to who we think is going to come out of the closet. Of course, coming out, there are a lot of different ways to do it. There are a lot of different things to come out as, you know, queer, a non-binary. Uh, you know, there's there's so many monikers now. There's so many letters under the LGBTQ umbrella that you kind of, I mean, just coming out as not straight is coming out. Yeah, Kind of, yeah. So, and I will say that the person who just came out is not on my list. I did pick out a few people that I think are going to come out in 2020, including Lana Del Rey, uh, J. Edgar Hoover, Aquafina. Um, but <laughs> J. Edgar Hoover. Well, because we did do a round of dead people. You know, some people come out posthumously. It was like after Eleanor Roosevelt died, they were like, "Wow, look at all these letters." We <laughs> had no idea. Gal? She was writing exactly. Yeah. So there's all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, Jamila Jamil has just come out as queer after some backlash over a role that she has on a new voguing competition show. The show is on HBO. It's called Legendary. And it's ballroom voguing? Yeah. So I think if you, uh, for those listening, if you've ever watched Pose, that that Pose really brought voguing to the mainstream other than Madonna's song Vogue in 1991, I think. 90, 91. Uh, so voguing is, is this classic. You should classic know this. You're a gay ball- I know, right? Hello. And in 91, I was only 38. So... <laughs> <laughs> there, you think I know this? So, voguing is it's it's a subculture. It really has an importance to a lot of different communities, and so Pose has really highlighted that. Billy Porter won his Emmy for that. Like, it's really, really fantastic. And so now, if, now that voguing is in the the mainstream lexicon, HBO is taking advantage of this. They have a show called Legendary, and Legendary is one of those vernacular that's a part of the the voguing community. So, I'm from the Legendary House of Mizrahi, right? And individuals are from different houses, and so I think what's really interesting about this is that uh, you know Trace Lissette who she's uh, famous for transparent primarily um, she's uh, a mother of a house for nearly a decade and houses are these sort of subdivisions within the voguing community and she's like I'm an actor I'm a host I'm trans and there's a lot of trans people in the community I interviewed for this I'm a house mother I interviewed for this job but yet someone who is not trans or actually a part of the community ends up getting the hosting gig. And I think that's where the controversy comes from. I see. Well, she said, this is why, she said, Twitter is brutal. 
And she said, this is why I never officially came out as queer. I added a rainbow to my name when I felt ready a few years ago, as it's not easy within the South Asian community to be accepted. And I always answered honestly, if ever straight up asked about it on Twitter. But I kept it low because I was scared of the pain of being accused of performative bandwagon jumping. Uh, So very interesting that now she's coming out because people are shaming her for being on this show. Um, Before we go... Is there anybody that you predict will come out in 2020? Oh, oh! I wrote down your categories. <laughs> and I have my guess. This is very, like, very last minute off the top of my head. You guys got to go with me. So uh, I'm going to start with my actor. And this is for my husband because I want him to come out. This would be my husband's gift. Jason, okay. Jason Momoa. Oh, that would be, a, that would, yeah. That would be huge, It'd be right? nice if you could just pick one and they have to come over to your side, right. like Red Rover style. <laughs> Red Rover, Red Rover, <laughs> Momoa. <laughs> Okay, good start. Right over. Sports, Rob Gronkowski. Wow, That's, that will be the day. Uh, I, I think would... it's going to happen. <laughs> I think okay. that's part of the reason he retired. Fictional character. I feel like this one's a little bit of a cop-out, but Barney. Oh. I feel like Barney was gay the whole time. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's definitely a bottom. <laughs> Is it because he's purple? Was he flagging like the old hankies? <laughs> You're in the leather bar and you're like, you walk in and you're like, no, my entire body is purple. Just FYI. So it's a giant flag. Just just so you know. Okay. And then my uh, dead person, George Washington Carver. Oh, interesting. I I went with the president as well. Well, I feel this is the guy who invented peanuts and peanut. He didn't invent peanuts. Oh, oh, oh. I'm an idiot. He didn't. No, no. That's okay. Because he's got George and Washington and Carvers and all this stuff. He he was the one of the most famous black men in history who took peanuts and uh, sweet potatoes and he made like traffic lights out of them. Like he was like amazing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, We have to go. When we get back, I want to hear your final because you got a wild card. And then AI is starting to make medicine. Uh, We're going to check in with James Simmons on this because can we trust medicine from robots? I don't know. We have to break it down next. Ooh, some breaking news coming from the drop the subject news desk. (laughs) That's all all the music we can afford. Sorry. (laughs) That's why I'm here, by the way. Nurse practitioner and beatbox. Go, okay. Beatbox these updates Uh right now. (laughs) (laughs) The weakest beatboxing you've ever heard. Spitting in the mic. Uh, that's like you accidentally eating grass. <laughs> and then it's caught. It, maybe that's yeah. what happened with Donald. Maybe the grass was caught in his throat. Maybe. Because he was, they put him out to pasture last night. <laughs> <laughs> grass isn't greener, my friend. Take that. Not when you're choking. Okay. Donald, I should tweet it. Tweet it out. We'll add it to the game. It seems that the DNC chair, and this is thanks to you, James, you alerted me of this. The DNC chair has called for a re-canvassing in Iowa (laughs) completely. So they're just going to start all over again. Um, You know, which is going to be really interesting to see the results of that because Pete Buttigieg has already kind of claimed victory. Mm -hmm. He had a slim lead. Yeah. And then Bernie Sanders still saying doing very, very well in Iowa. And oh, so that was good. Thank you. That was really <laughs> thank, thank you. Speaking of weird sounds, he makes all kinds of weird noises with his mouth. <laughs> That's a. Uh... <laughs> 
Which I think that's what Larry, when is it Larry David, right, who plays him on SNL? Yes. That's all he does that's, is she just like like speaks only in the front of his mouth, like in the <laughs> and then spits a lot of things out and points his finger, and we're like, oh, it's a perfect Bernie. Yay! There you go. Uh, you just got to pick one or two things with an impression. Just stick with them, it, and it'll be uh, perfect. It, it lands. Um, okay, let's talk about AI formulated medicine. This is something I'm sure you have an opinion about as a nurse practitioner. It took less than a year for them to develop this drug. It's designed to treat OCD, and it's a drug that has been designed entirely by artificial intelligence. Mm. Yes, everybody, robots are coming for us, <laughs> but not before they cure us of OCD. But are they even going to cure us of OCD? Maybe this is all bunk. Who knows? Uh, it is about to enter a clinical humans human trial for the first time. And it's intended to treat, like I said, obsessive compulsive disorder. And it was discovered using AI systems from Oxford-based biotech company Accenture. Now, spelled I, with multiple X's and C's, by the way. I mean, that <laughs> just makes, from my perspective, it makes it sound smarter. Yeah, of course. But while this would usually take around four and a half years to get a drug to this stage of development, they say that the AI tools have facilitated the uh, process and made it faster. Should we be ingesting drugs designed by robots? Where do you land on this, James? This really... I'm not sure where I land, and I I think I'm going to be... Right now, I'm going to be comfortable being a little bit uncomfortable with this. So, you know, uh, by the way, a lot of people don't know, as a nurse practitioner, I prescribe, right? I have a license to prescribe drugs just like a physician, and that's why I'm still in school. And And that's also why you're here. (laughs) That's why why (laughs) I'm here, just so you know. See, it's all coming back. I was just trying to get at your prescription bag. (laughs) Uh, Is that all? So, (laughs) I... Here's the thing. AI can only be as smart as the people who design it, I think. And and AI proponents are going to argue with me a little bit because the whole point of AI is that it learns from itself and then it continues to grow and manifest and do more computing and better than the human brain can. Terrifying. So on the right, well, I think viruses and the robots are going to take over the world. That's that's my theory. Oh so my I told you I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. So I, I will say that these computers can learn. So, for instance, to make a medication, and I'm just going to everyone come along with me. To make a medication, there are millions and millions of compounds that have to be tested to see whether or not they work together and then how they work in your system, particularly if that medication is going to be by mouth or by I, IV, like through a vein or whatever. So you put these chemicals together with the intended purpose of, let's say, relieving your pain. And you swallow that and it has to go through your esophagus and into your stomach and it interacts with chemicals in your body and all these things. They have to test that. That's why it takes four and a half years. So what they're saying here is that this artificial intelligence was able to learn these millions of different potential combinations of medications and human body systems so much faster that they cut that typical four and a half years down to one year. So that for things like, let's say, the coronavirus, we'll bring it back to real life. So let's Why'd say Why'd you have to bring up the C word? I'm sorry. We were right. having such a good we, time. We got an hour and 10 minutes into the show without talking about coronavirus. So let's say we come up with a cure for the coronavirus. But to or in order to go through all of the steps that we have in medicine right now to approve this drug, it would take at fastest three years. But yes, that's true. Okay, I totally get what you're saying. And 
are there some rogue people out there who will try it anyway? 100% rogue people who will try this, including, you know, there's gene editing. Have you heard of this CRISPR, right? There's a Netflix documentary on it, and it, you can go in and splice genes. That is it out on the free market. The science of CRISPR is out on the free market. So you literally have people who are in cabins in the woods in Mississippi, gene editing animals and human genes trying to biohack humans. So uh, Wait, hold on. Whoa. Yes. Wait a minute. This is a thing. People are in weird cabins in the woods, genetically <laughs> quite, altering animals. Quite literally. And there's an entire documentary about how they've they've found a, a particular gene that seems to counteract HIV. And you can edit out or in this gene into other particular, like into your genome. So it's using this tool called CRISPR. And so CRISPR right now is like, was this big guarded secret and no one no one was able to really access it? Well, it's now on the open market, the actual technology of CRISPR. So people can just take this, you can take it off the web and get your little Petri dishes and your sign and your microscope together and you can start gene editing using this CRISPR. And so they were trying to edit out the HIV from people. And okay, well, failed. that's a good thing. It is a good thing, but it failed miserably, and they were literally people are literally doing this like in their garages and in their in their in their cabins in, in Mississippi. So, what what I go back to with this though is that the I think there has to be some sort of regulation around this. I think we have to like it can't just be this one rogue company that's like we have a computer that's going to be able to deliver drugs in a yeah, year. Yeah, we have robot drugs. Everyone that can do all this. But I will say from the other standpoint, let's say an epidemic, or let's say we we come up, you know, we may have found an Ebola drug that works really well. Okay, we need to mass produce that drug as fast as possible. So if this AI can help us do that, I'm all for it. Right. Okay. So you're just a little tepid about this, the process of it all because sure. the process usually takes a lot longer for a reason. That being said, if it is effective, I, that's that's great. Because- I say I say we do it, and and I, I will say this also comes from a place of like I am a Western medicine practitioner, right? And so I've gone to school, and I believe in medicine and science and the way we sort of practice things here now and in in North America. But that that doesn't mm-hmm. so that influences my decision, right? Like this process of how long it takes to make a drug and how long it takes to diagnose something. That's something I'm very familiar with and comfortable with. It, I don't necessarily. I I want to be open to the fact that. Ultimately, we're building computers to be smarter than we are. So should we let them? And is that going to make people healthier? And if we're making weird gene editing things in a Petri dish in Mississippi, should the robots be taking over and killing us all anyway? (laughs) The robots have decided, y'all are tripping yeah. by making gene editing in a cabin in Mississippi. If I've learned one thing, it's that y'all are crazy. It's, it's that y'all are crazy. I think Will Smith taught us that in the movie iRobot. Speaking of AI. <laughs> well, some- all anecdotes should be taken from Will Smith movies. You know I've always I said mean, that. hello. And I've known you for almost one whole week. <laughs> almost week. Uh, okay, when we get back, what do we got going on? Uh, oh, Gay Gay Cray Cray. My first ever... Oh, exciting. All right. I put James on the spot again next. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay. Drop the subject. That's right. Came to the right place. Thanks for checking us out. And if you want to call and ask the NP, you can do that. 833-77-CALL-Q. I'm joined all show long by nurse practitioner James Simmons. He can answer all of your questions None too big or small, right, James? <laughs> or graphic? That's what he said. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, I bring it. I love it. I love the crazy ones, by the way. So if you're a little uncomfortable calling, you can always slide up in my DMs at Ask the NP. Okay. Well, 
I'm glad you said crazy because that leads perfectly into our next segment here on the show. Gay gay or cray cray. Now, you've heard of this before, though you've never done it on the show with me. So this is another first for you, something you're excited about. I'm cray-cray excited. I really was going to say that without even, but it triggered me. I'm cray-cray excited about this. And gay-gay excited. And, and I'm, I'm not gay, though. Oh, really? Girl, what you talk about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could never even pretend to be straight, not, could Not you? even pretend. I like, to, I like to butch it up now and then. Oh, yeah, same. That, that was me butching it up. <laughs> As your hand flies Flip, behind and flick. flips your imaginary wig over. They have minds of their own. <laughs> All right. So here's how Gigay Cray Cray works. I will share the story of a couple. I will eliminate all pronouns. I will eliminate names if they give away the gender of the couple involved. I'll give as many details as I possibly can. This is a couple doing something a little unconventional. You take notes, you listen closely, and you guess if they are a gay gay couple or just a regular hetero cray cray couple. Hetero. <laughs> Done. I win. All right. <laughs> I first had found a story about a couple involving a fight with some dog feces, but I'm going to move on to a oh, different my. couple. I mean, that's a whole. Is there a fl- hanky flag for that? I. <laughs> I feel like there probably is. At some point there is or was, but let's not go there. No, I don't think we need to go there. Let's no. just keep it a little lighter, and we'll talk about this couple who climbed Kilimanjaro together and also turned their eight-day climb into a fundraiser. Now, you might already think these two are lesbians. <laughs> Where they're fundraising, climbing. They're activists while they're hiking. While they're hiking, uh-huh. It's sort of a double whammy when it comes to lesbian stereotypes. Now you're just going easy on me for the first one? No. That, no okay. Listen okay. closely. All right. Now, this is a couple. They've been married for quite some time. I believe they're both in their 60s now. And one person in the couple is a big climber, always has been. I'm sure they hike together on a regular basis, but one person in the couple particularly loves doing actual climbs, like mountain climbing. So, after 40 years of being together, you know, reaching 60 years old, 65, whatever their age is, the person says, all right, I'm going to fulfill my dream of going to Africa and climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Mm -hmm. It's something that I've always wanted to do, and the partner... Because this partner cannot be without the other person. <laughs> Says, you know what? Mountaineering's not really my thing, but I'm going with you. Oh, no. Kilimanjaro is not the place where you go if this is like your first mountain. Right? You're not just swinging by the grocery store. Hey, I'll jump in the car with you. <laughs> Correct. This is like a legit. It's not like climbing Eagle Rock here in L.A. or something. <laughs> like it's not a small Which is hard. hill. Right? It's really hard. Uh, okay. But so the partner is in this still. I, I'm still on the lesbian train right mm-hmm, now. But yeah, mm-hmm. can continue. So so uh, they go together. They travel, and by the way, they tra- they travel together all the time. Uh, they've traveled to five of the seven continents. There's still seven, right? Uh, yes. Yes. They've been everywhere except Australia and Antarctica now. So they decided to go on this trip together. Uh, again, person risking their life because they don't regularly do these types of climbs, but decided cannot be without my partner for more than eight days, which is how long it took to get them to the summit. And they decided to give it a little bit of a twist. They couldn't just 
get their trekking poles and climb up to the top of Kilimanjaro, they decided to turn this into a fundraiser because, after all, they are activists. And one of the people uh, is a chairman on the board of directors for a homeless shelter that helps people who are recovering from addiction in Washington. So they've turned their hiking-slash-mountaineering climb into a fundraiser to raise at least $5,000 for this homeless shelter. They, uh, they, the entire trail was 43 miles. They, it took a very, very long time. Like I said, eight days. They said, uh, it takes determination, persistence, and training to climb a mountain. And we feel there are a lot of parallels between doing this and the road to recovery. Wow. And they encourage everybody to visit uh, City Mission's website, citymission.org, to make a donation. Uh, now, uh, the question is, I've given you as many details as I can without giving it away. I mean, that's a lot of details, Allie. So that's good. Are they gay, gay, or are they cray, cray? Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I I honestly feel like you the entire time you're talking, I'm envisioning a Subaru. Uh huh. I just and I'm going with that stereotype. <laughs> I am sorry for everyone that I am offending right now, but you know we're playing along. Don't here. We're you playing worry the about game. them. They're fine. And so I'm imagining: Did the Subaru take them to the base of the mountain before they climbed? <laughs> and, and did they make a commercial out of it with an old dog? Correct. Right. <laughs> There's an old dog because what I'm seeing are two beautiful. Uh, you know, just at the end of middle-aged lesbians mm-hmm. who are climbers. One of them is like really into climbing. The other one just like is really into her partner. And there's a dog and a Subaru, mm-hmm. and they're 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 do-gooders. And they've got those cargo pants with a thousand pockets in uh, them, of, at which you need to climb. It finally makes sense uh-huh. why the lesbians are wearing the cargo pants. And yet, Allie. Oh. And yet. <gasps> I feel like it's so obviously lesbians that it has to be cray-cray. Wow. Okay. Going hetero-cray-cray. Hetero-cray-cray. Going against the grain. Against the Going against, against the, the granola, as uh, you'd oh, say. very good. Now, this couple has been together for 40 years, like I said, and their names are David and Brenda Tennyson. Yes! You are correct. Ding, ding, Play ding. that again there, J- Jesse. Go ahead. Ahaha. They're crazy. Well, they're not crazy. They're actually really nice people who uh, um, summited a mountain and gave back to the community. To a bunch of homeless people like that is fantastic. Uh, but it, I will say, climbing these things are, are just cray cray. And period. That is true. I mean, to have a passion for summiting mountaintops, especially nineteen thousand feet, where you can only stay at the summit for fifteen minutes, otherwise you lose oxygen and pass out. Cray cray. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just, just maybe that's why Donald was so short of breath this morning because you know he's he's the greatest climber ever. Yeah. He walked to the top of the uh, of Capitol Hill and, <laughs> and almost died. Lost oxygen. Uh, all right, we're gonna talk about this new LGBT conversion therapy ban that could be making its way through leg- uh, through the system in Virginia. We're gonna talk to David Hackamfar from Pride Legal about that. So, uh, oh no, no way. I'm sorry. That's later in the show. News or lose it is up next. What the hell am I talking about? News or lose it comes up next. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. Are you ready, James? I love this game. (laughs) You've got your bell in front of you. (laughs) I do. I've got three headlines in front of me. Let's do this. All right. Headline number one, an inside look at the CIA-like security protocol uh, protocol at the Masked Singer. Oh. 
for Ooh, sure. Nice. That, that show is crazy. It's crazy. Vegan, speaking of crazy, vegan goes on furious rant at McDonald's insisting cows have souls. They don't? I mean, I'm sure they do, <laughs> but she, I, I think she goes on a very insane rant. I feel like I've been mean to vegans lately, just in general online, so mm-hmm. we're going to give some vegan love oh, today. Oh, okay. And then finally, headline number three, a new trend looking into turnaround, uh, a new trend is looking to turn around Sunday blues or quote unquote Sunday scaries, which I've never heard of before. <laughs> okay, well, from a medical standpoint, I kind of want to know what this trend is, uh-huh. so I believe <gasps> you have... Three for three. Yeah, yeah. The number of the day. All right. You're you heard him. Three stories coming your way after this. So don't three. go anywhere in so three minutes, maybe. Yes, that's the number. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. Okay, we have three stories and not a lot of time, James Simmons, so let's just get into it. The Masked Singer, do you watch it? I, I do not watch it, but I love that it's a cultural phenomenon and that it's absolutely pointless and crazy, but like everyone's into it. Yes, uh, and I unfortunately am one of those people. I don't know how it happened. Weed was involved, but uh-huh, for some yes. reason now we watch the show. Katie has a notebook. It's a whole thing. Stop it. Yes. A notebook? Yes. Wow. And she was like, but do you remember from the previous Clue package, they had a radio, <laughs> and the radio frequency was, I was like, oh I my. I mean, hey, you got to be into something. I mean, <laughs> that's true. But the security level, the security protocol in this show is insane. And because they are 100%, uh, I mean, they're anonymous. Like hidden, anonymous. They're completely, yes. They have a security detail that follows every single contestant. They have masks that are not uh, their regular masks that you see on the the show, but they're actual, you know, uh, different masks that are over their face. They're like silver visors. They have a hooded sweatshirt on and the hooded sweatshirt says, don't talk to me. And they have at least three security people around that person at any given time. Stop it. And that person is not allowed to speak. So they're sitting in their dressing room. People can go in and go out and say, do you need anything? And you literally cannot respond. Um, This one girl who wrote about this on goodhousekeeping.com, she went to a taping and she said she all she did was get up to go to the bathroom and everybody freaked out <laughs> sit down yeah she said she had set up she, plus she had to sign a bunch of ndas oh, and sure. all this stuff yeah. and it triggered this panicked reaction chain reaction amongst the backstage security team so uh, and she said the bathroom incident is just a microscopic example of the show's cia level protocol or as jenny mccarthy likes to call it game of thrones finale strict security oh wow yeah. um and she says that when she arrives on set jenny mccarthy she and the other uh, judges Nicole Robin Thicke and uh, Ken Jong they're all kept completely on completely different sound stages away from contestants uh, and to eliminate any possibility of accidentally running into each other and one time Jenny did spot a contestant walking into the studio did not pri- provide her with any details or hints but the celebrity was covered up from head to toe wearing black motorcycle helmet <laughs> gloves oh loose gosh. pants and a don't talk to me sweatshirt wow and she I was going to say something really horrible and crass about vaccines (laughs) (laughs) with Jenny McCarthy, but I'll leave that one alone. Uh, Okay, let's go to this vegan woman, and then when we get back, we will uh, talk about this new trend for the Sunday blues. Now, uh, a vegan woman has strolled into a McDonald's, and this is in New Zealand. 
and she walked Capital in. Capital of all veganism, by the way. Is it? Yeah, no. I, I'm making oh, that up. I was like, really? <laughs> You're like, oh, who knew? She walked in and gave a screaming rant. She said, "Cow, uh, there are cows on the effing ship, and they are alive, and they have souls. I mean, part of her has lost her mind Whoa. slightly. It is believed that she was protesting about a livestock ship departing from a, some kind of a port that was transporting a bunch of... Uh, transporting a bunch of cows from China or to China I'm sorry and she said you don't give an F all of you in this room uh, I hope that when you die you get to meet those souls oh my she went in yeah I, I mean I'm she not gonna lie ham, like cause <laughs> she went ham yeah she went beef the, all living things have souls it doesn't mean that like McDonald's is responsible for that. I know, and when you're eating, you're sitting there finally, and you're like, you've already made the choice to go to McDonald's and get a cheeseburger. <laughs> right, like, why McDonald's is actually my question. Like, could you have not go to a beef farm? Yes. Or, or, or go to the ship. Exactly. Go to the ship itself, okay? Right. Go to the source. All right, we're going to talk about the Sunday blues. Are they Sunday scaries? And uh, it's our final news or to lose it story. Uh, it's a new trend that is supposed to cure that, so we'll get into that next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, Allie here, James Simmons, nurse practitioner, right next to me, hanging with you today on Drop the Subject. Thanks for checking us out at DTS Show, wherever you, uh, wherever you're on social media, and ask, ask the NP. Very good. Correct. Very good. Um, we're gonna finish up news that or lose it, but at the top of the next hour, we're going to, you know, say what you want. I know a lot of people have differing opinions on Gavin Newsom as a governor. He's doing something pretty cool. And it has to do with uh, Bayard Rustin, who is absolutely an influence in the civil rights. I mean, he was a huge civil rights leader and gay civil rights leader, uh, and he has just been pardoned by Gavin Newsom. It's part of a new initiative, so we're going to get to that at the top of the next hour. But first, wanted to finish up our three for three in News It or Lose It, quickly talking and telling you about the Sunday blues and how you might get them. A lot of people do. You know, they say that... Tuesday is the most depressing day of the week. I think Sunday is a very close second. People mm. all the time are dreading work. You spend half the day feeling like you're you're not ready to start the week, and you just you kind of feel crummy. Yep, and you're trying to get things done, and then you've been drinking at the Abbey all day, and then the next thing you know, it's Monday. Everyone's been drinking at the Abbey, <laughs> even those weird people in the log cabin in Missouri. In Missouri, right. And so they say that, and this is a new trend, Hashtag self-care Sunday is taking over, and this is a great reminder on how to turn around those Sunday blues, basically making your self-care very important on Sunday. It says, you know, just doing things like uh, getting up a little early and meditating or uh, going out for coffee with a friend uh, doing a little bit of light shopping or watching football, whatever feels good to you, whatever feels like a comfort activity or food or, you know, anything will definitely help you turn that around. And I love turning that around. Like, we need a hashtag now in 2020 nah. because we all spend so much time on our phones, yes. which causes anxiety. Yes. And we're going back to the 1950s and 60s where everyone kind of took Sunday off. But now we need a hashtag to remind us to do what we kind of knew we should be doing. Exactly. In the first You're place. 100% right, James. Yeah. Uh, we don't need a hashtag for it. It's just, a, you know, pick up a damn book. Just take a nap. Just take a damn <laughs> take nap, a damn people. Nap. All right. We're going to talk about this 
this uh, this new pardon uh, from ba- uh, for Bayard Rustin next. Uh, incredible story. So we'll talk about him, his legacy, and what Gavin Newsom is doing. Uh, so don't go anywhere. Just drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're happy to be with you, Allie, here, and joined by James Simmons, a nurse practitioner at Ask the NP. Any questions you have, be sure to direct them there, or you can call us anytime all show long, 833-77-CALL-Q. That is 833-77-CALL-Q, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. All right, let's talk about Bayard Rustin, because I think a lot of people don't know as much as they should about him. I agree. He is somebody who is instrumental in the civil rights movement. He he was a gay civil rights leader, and he was imprisoned for quite a long time on a morals charge, (laughs) which is, uh, those are fun, aren't they? Isn't that some? And listed as a sex offender afterwards. Oh, that's always fun. Yeah, for the rest of his life. Great. Well, at least 33 years later, this is 33 years, well, 33 years after his death uh, and 67 years after that arrest, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom is offering him a pardon. And it is part of a new initiative from Newsom's office to grant clemency to people who are prosecuted in the state of California for being gay. So this is obviously an amazing step forward. It's it's and it's important that we talk about Bayard Rustin anyway Absolutely. because he was an advisor to Martin Luther King Jr. He's also very famous for being the mastermind behind the March on Washington in 1963 and you know a lot about Bayard as well. Yeah, absolutely. He he's, he's someone who, you know, you kind of look for in the history books, someone who represents you, right? And as a, as a, uh, I'm biracial, my dad is black. And so as a young brown kid growing up in Nebraska and you're reading the history books and you're seeing all these things, there's not a lot of people who look like me around. And, you know, we all learned, learned about Martin and we learned about Jesse and we learned about Malcolm and we learned about all these people. And then as I got older and got into college, you, you start to see the other folks, right? Martin didn't do all of this on his own. And in, I think it's really interesting, the women who really contributed to the civil rights movement. But then all of a sudden this figure pops up, Bayard Rustin. And at the time, I, I didn't know much. And, and then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, here's this black man who, I mean, he was instrumental in the Montgomery 1955 Montgomery bus boycotts. So the whole Rosa Parks situation, right? right the turn into the bus boycotts and the 1963 March on Washington. He was essentially the civil rights movement COO, chief operating officer, I think is a good way to think about it. And he was gay and out. And in 1963, in the the 50s and the 60s. So we talk about, you know, I was saying something earlier about, oh, in the 90s, it was so much harder. I mean, in 1953, in the 60s, as a black man, as a prominent black man standing, literally standing next to Martin Luther King and other huge civil rights icons. So to then, you know, give these speeches to literally change the world. And that, you know, people, they talk about Baird Rustin in a way that there were things that only he could do that that bus boycott, the uh, the March on Washington. Those didn't happen because of social media. You couldn't email everyone and be like, hey, organization, get involved. That was yeah. all through influence. Organizing took work, work <laughs> and relationships. And so even in the 50s and 60s, as a, as a basically out, I don't want to say he was running around carrying a pride flag, but it essentially an out gay man well, for his own protection. He probably couldn't do that. Of course. But he's 
organizing individuals all across the country because he had this gift for gab. He had this way to be really empathetic with people. He had a way to relate to people. And so even differing factions within the civil rights movement would unite and come together under him. Hmm. And he didn't want the spotlight, though. So he would help orchestrate these things. And then Martin would do what he did, Martin Luther King Jr., and take the spotlight and give the speeches. And, you know, everyone knew their role. And so Bayard Rustin was so instrumental to the civil rights movement. And I think now, you know, he was caught having sex in a car in Pasadena and then was forever listed as a sex offender and spent 50 days in jail. If you can get arrested for having sex with a man in a in in a car in Pasadena, there'd be a lot of people in jail right now. <laughs> there would be most of Pasadena would be. Yeah, in jail. but I mean, why don't we hear as much about Bayard Rustin in history? I mean, when when we take history classes, I mean, I think about how whitewashed our story of American history is as well. It's a mm-hmm. lot to think about during a, a month like Black History Month. Why is it just a handful of these civil rights leaders that we're learning about? And why are people like Baird Rustin sit, still sitting in the wings after all these years? After all, all, all of these years. It, you know, it, it really blows my mind. You know, they, they always say history is written by the winners. And so while it, when it comes to, in particular, the, the history of racism and slavery and the civil rights movement and the Jim Crow era and everything here in in our United States we're still st- steel we're still dealing we with steel. we are still dealing with racism <laughs> we are and all yeah. of these really incredible uh you know racial issues that are going on in the country right now and so it's it's polite and respectable and this might be controversial but it's polite and respectable to know Martin and be like, well, I'm down with the civil yeah. rights movement because right. Rosa Parks was great and Martin Luther King sure could give a hell of a speech. But we're not. I mean, now I think it's changing, but we haven't taught the intricacies of this and how incredible the civil rights movement was and people like Baird Rustin and then add on top of that that he was queer yeah. and a black man and older and and not even particularly pleasant on the eyes to the camera. Like all of these things that we hold value to in our society, yet this man literally changed the world and only now... 33 years after his death, you know, at least President Obama gave him the the Presidential Medal of Freedom while he was in office, which was incredible. But yeah, that's that's the type of person that deserves a Presidential Medal of Freedom. <laughs> Just Donald, uh, going to let Trump that sit there. Leave that there. Uh, yeah. Very well said, James. Thank you. And, and uh, we're going to take a break, but it's important that we talk about people like Baird. And I'm excited to see who you know who's going to be getting clemency as part of this initiative i'm really excited about that uh coming up next we're going to talk to david hackamfar he is from pride legal we've had him on the show before and we're going to chat with him about this new uh this ban on conversion therapy for lgbtq children and how it's advancing in the virginia legislature of course i'm not a lawyer james isn't a lawyer so we're going to talk to david hackamfar i think it's only right uh stick around drop the subject returns after this Drop the subject. The new channel Q. All right, drop the subject. Allie here. James Simmons joining me today. Nurse practitioner at Ask the NP. If you have any burning questions, and I do mean burning. L- literally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right now we're going to chat with David Hackenfar from Pride Legal, who has been on the show before. And I wanted to ask you, uh, David, welcome to the show. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great to be here again. Of course. Yeah, we wanted to ask you about this uh, this bill that has come into Virginia, the Virginia State Legislature, and it's a ban on mm-hmm. conversion therapy for LGBTQ children. Let's start with just mm-hmm. talking about the bill, how it got started, and where it's at now, because it seemingly could end up on the, gover- uh, on the governor's desk pretty soon. 
Right. Um, well, a ban on conversion therapy for minors, uh, the first state to enact a law like that was California in 2012, uh, where it protected LGBT youth from dangerous and scientifically discredited efforts by state licensed therapists to change minors' sexual orientation or gender identity. Uh, later on, uh, in 2013, New Jersey enacted a law like that under Republican Governor Chris Christie. And now Virginia is aiming to do the same thing, a very similar law. Um, I've read the actual text of the law itself, and it would preclude any practice or treatments to change behaviors or gender expressions to eliminate or reduce sexual or romantic attractions towards uh, feelings towards individuals of the same gender. So that's really what they're they're targeting here. Now, how big is this for Virginia? I know Virginia has just recently gone blue. Is this something that, I mean, has has there been a lot of blue progress and is a ban, is a, something like this a big deal for Virginia? Uh, well, according to a recent report by the Williams Institute at UCLA School of Law, an estimated 20,000 LGBTQ minors in states without protections will be subjected to conversion therapy mm. if these if states fail to act. So there, there's a lot of people that could be helped. Hmm. And it has been, and I'm sure uh, James could, could opine more on this, that it, it, it's been scientifically basically concluded that it's abusive. And abusive is right. I, I was just really ruminating on your 20,000 individuals are going to be subjected to this youth that even the World Health Organization, which is kind of traditionally a little bit of a conservative organization because they, mm-hmm. they sort of represent the whole world, even issued a statement that said uh, conversion therapy lacks medical justification and represents a serious threat to the health and well-being of affected people. Uh, conversion therapy has been shunned by the American Medical Association, the American Association of Child and Psychiatry. Adolescent psychiatry. We know medically, even not politically, even not religiously, we know that this type of therapy is bad for kids. Mm-hmm. It's bad for people under eighteen. It's bad for everyone, but it's it's medically and and psychologically bad for them. And I I do find it surprising, David, that there are nineteen states, the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico. Who have banned this but do you know just sort of a, from a, a legal standpoint where we stand what's math i can't do math the other 30 states that that need to kind of come along with this uh unfortunately we don't have numbers uh we only have estimates that there's the, the ucla uh, williams institute that there would be twenty thousand more um mm. we we have to be very careful here though because the the issue that really boils down it boils down to is whether parents have rights as custodians, as trustees to their children. Um, you know, could this later on go affect something like, can a parent perform a circumcision on their child? Um, can a parent be forced to give a vaccine to their child? Um, you're correct, James, that uh, conversion therapy is, it's been basically concluded that it doesn't work at all. But do we necessarily need the government to do it? Or should we let it go on its side? Um, the but the question will be is two questions: Do parents have the rights as custodians, and should we protect children from this? And and David, how would something like this even be enforced? I know for the twenty states that have banned it, I know we've talked to a couple people who have undergone conversion therapy, and mm-hmm. it's just you know you're in a single family home, and it's not like it's being advertised. It seems kind of like this underground 
get up for the most part. Yeah, so it well, must be well, tough. Well, let's look at the people that go through conversion therapy. The numbers are this. You're more than eight times more likely to have attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. Six times more likely to report a high level of depression. Three times more likely to use illegal drugs. And three times more likely to be at high risk for HIV and other STDs. It's, it's very dangerous. And the experts all agree um, that the idea that sexual orientation or gender identity is a mental illness that could be fixed is just incorrect. And numerous studies have shown that there are serious risks for both the patient during and after. Um, and, and the numbers provide that. And it's going to be very hard to enforce things like this, especially when it comes to, for example, a child going to a Bible study or group therapy. Um, yeah, you kind of sneak it in there, right? Will be, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, who's going to be the one that's going to report it? Because everybody in there is involved. Hmm. Well, David, thank you so much for your time. David Hackenfar from Pride Legal. We always love having you on the show, especially just to get free advice from an attorney. So yeah. it was great. Thank you, David. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure, guys. Yes, absolutely. You well. Yes, you too. All right. We're going to get into a complete, we're going to completely shift gears here next on Drop the Subject. Uh, what is the worst? I mean, it's always horrible to lose somebody that you love, but to lose something that you love, mm. you know, like a car, what is the worst <laughs> thing that you've ever lost? Uh, James has a really incredible story. I have a little something myself. So we're going to get into that when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. The show feels like it's flying by already. It sure does. Drop the subject. It makes me sad. It's less time with you. Oh, you know, James, in addition to being a great nurse practitioner, you are a great compliment giver. Uh, well, well, thank you very much. I'm also really great at stomping all over the show's tag and name that you were trying to do in the beginning. <laughs> so should, should I try it? Hi, welcome back uh, to Drop the Subject. Uh, the, the, the host is Allie Johnson. I am her guest, James Simmons. You're listening to Channel Q. Is that better? Yeah, that was there, wonderful. There Sorry, thank you Brian. so much. See, you're just great. The boss was like, what the hell? (laughs) All right. Um, Let's talk about Florida. You know, we have a lot of other things to get to in the show today. It was great talking to David Hackenfar. And uh, we will also next be talking about what's the healthy way to lose weight. I think that it's it's a lose-lose for a lot of people when it comes to losing. Pun very intended. Very intended. And you've got a lot to say about it. Plus, is financial cheating a thing? Can you cheat on your partner financially? We will get to that as well. But right now, I want to tell you about a woman who lost her dog and then put out ads on beer cans. Yes, this took place in Florida. Uh, no, actually, no, it wasn't. Oh, my gosh, I'm looking at this now. It's Minnesota. So it just got us thinking about when you lose something that you really love. I know a, an animal is not a thing, but the, the, the I mean, this woman lost her dog and then featured uh, featured her lost dog on a Florida beer advertisement in order to be reunited with her dog. And it ended up working out great for her, whatever. I thought that we were doing milk cartons. Apparently, we're doing beer cans now when it comes to dogs. It's a whole other conversation. But the most afraid I've ever been when I've lost something is when I lost my cat. And I lost her for about a mm. week. I was like, she's definitely dead. There's no other way around it. I'm putting up these, you know, missing posters and there's just nothing that's going to happen from it. I And then I was reunited. It was the best thing ever. But through a, through a poster? Did the posters work? No, the posters did not work, which I think they rarely do work. And Mm. now I live in a a more rural area where there's mountains and coyotes and stuff. Mm, uh So every time I see a lost pet story, I'm like, "Mm, That was a snack. It's dead. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was a coyote lunch. Yeah, but one time we actually did find somebody's cat. I was like, oh my God, the cat is not dead. N- not partially eaten. No, and so we got the chance to reunite somebody with their cat, which is also a great See, feeling. That's the best. But when you lose something that's either very valuable, very large, like a like a car, which happened to you... <laughs> Or something that you're very, very fond of. Uh, it can be a scary thing. Now, you say you lost your car and your friend in the same instance. What the where's hell happened there? Where's your car, dude? That, that, <laughs> a, a real life dude, where's my car, right? I, lo- I love that. So uh, I got to set- And you lost your dude. And I lost my dude. Well, so, okay, so that was part of it. I got to set this up a little bit. So there's this guy. And we're in high school. I'm not out. Oh, okay. But I maybe you know, having a little thing. Like, uh, there's rumors, right? Okay, uh-huh. So there's this guy. He's super cute. He's like a bad boy. And we had just become friends really, really, really fast. Well, one day he asked, he was like, hey, I want to borrow your car. Now, this was a 1982 Canary Yellow Ford Mustang. Oh, nice. It was ugly. It was horrible. It was oh. rust everywhere. I don't know Sec- cars. Second gear didn't work. So, so <laughs> just would, no second. No second. So I'd have to redline first gear, pop it into third. It was great. But I was it was my car. Uh-huh. I bought it with my own money. At 16 years old, I was super excited. And this guy who I kind of had a crush on kind of thought maybe was like feeling me a little bit. He was like, I want to borrow your car. Now, I really only know this guy for like three months. But I was like, yes, you can borrow my car. Totally yes, fine. Borrow anything. Yeah. He's like, I just I just need it for tonight. I'll bring it right back. So I give him the keys to my car. I get a ride home with my friend from school and I don't see him or the car for a week. <gasps> oh my god. So what so that feeling of the next day you haven't heard from him. Uh-huh. Then the next day you haven't heard from him. And, and you're like, was... he doesn't know the thing about the second gear. What <laughs> am I gonna tell him? <laughs> what, what am I gonna do? This was also back in, you know, like nineteen ten when we didn't have cell phones and whatever. <laughs> I think I had a pager. I think he had a pager. I was trying to page him. Or a homing pigeon. The the best part of this story is one week later to the day, the car shows up. We wake up in the morning and the car is there in the driveway. There are stains all over the inside of the car. Did he murder somebody? Are they blood I, stains? I don't know. What color are the stains? He would never talk about it. <gasps> Not once. We literally cornered him. Where did you go with my car? Why did you do this? Like, dude, what the hell? And he was like, so anyway, what do you want for lunch? No. To this day, I don't know where my car was for seven days or what the But you continued are. to drive it and you were not arrested or oh, questioned yeah, by police. I continued to drive <laughs> Well, that part, I don't know. Maybe that's why the police pull me over all the time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. Well, you definitely tried to date somebody who murdered somebody yeah, pretty, uh, pretty in, your, in your car. That yeah. is unbelievable. You never forget your first. You never forget your first time <laughs> that you gave someone your car and they went on a me- either a meth binge yeah, or a murder right, spree. Murdered someone. Oh, how endearing. Alright, have you been trying to lose weight and you don't know how to do it in a healthy way? James Simmons has the answer for you. We're going to talk about what does healthy weight loss look like. That's next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject, Ali here and James Simmons, nurse practitioner has been hanging out with me today. If you've missed anything, if you're just tuning in, we've done a whole lot without you, but it's okay. You can get caught up on the podcast, drop the subject wherever you find your podcast. Now we're getting into a conversation about food, which is one of my favorite things. Ain't it, though? Uh, But you know what? It's hard to find anybody who has a perfect relationship with food. Mm -hmm. We always want more of it, but then we're like, I'm going to eat 20,000 chips. Now get the chips away from me. No, I don't want them. And then I'm going to, you know... 
I'm going to saunter back over to them just slyly, and then I'm going to shove a bunch in my mouth, and then I'll get these away from me. Get them away from me. Not tell anyone that you did that. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, It's a complicated relationship, and everyone's always, especially at the beginning of the year, trying to lose weight. But how do we have a healthy relationship with weight loss? It seems like it's one one extreme or the other constantly. Where do you stand on it? So this is a really... complicated question, you know, in general. And for me in particular, as someone who's really struggled with my weight throughout my life. So I have been as heavy as 315 pounds in my adult life. I have been as thin as 180 pounds in my adult wow. life. Um, massive, and you're a tall guy. And I'm a big guy. So right now, this what you're, what you're rocking right now is 6'2", 230. I'm very happy. My husband's very happy. Nice. Uh, I personally want to be maybe 10 pounds lighter, but that's just because I know my back and my knees behave a little better when I'm 10 pounds lighter, not from like a well, vanity. there's less weight to carry around. Correct, yes. Mm-hmm. But I do think, you know, here we are in February, and by this time, you know, statistics would say that about 85% of people have given up on their exercise and fitness goals that were their New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Yes. And I think that's okay because I'm not a big New Year's resolution fan anyway. And I'm also not a big fan of like, well, I'm going to lose weight and get in shape by going to the gym because that is my first of the top four, not three, not five, uh-huh. top four uh-huh. ways to uh, lose weight or improve your relationship with weight, how you how you set this up here. So I think the first thing, number four, is that people should realize you cannot exercise your way out of a bad diet. Well, yeah, I mean, they say, oh, you know, you lose weight with diet and exercise, but having a healthy relationship with both is so important. If one is there and the other's not, it completely, they, it's like they cancel out in a way, right? Well, and, and that's part of it. But, you know, people will always say, oh, I had this, you know, entire pizza, so I'll just go to the gym in the morning to work it off. But, but what I think people really need to understand is that your basal metabolic rate, so the amount of calories that you burn is... of the time, completely out of your control. So even if you ran three marathons every day, you would only ever account for 20% of your calorie expenditure. And if you're running three marathons a day, your body's going to change its basal metabolic rate to match your exercise. So this is why people are like, I go to the gym, I lost a bunch of weight right away. And then a few weeks later, or even a couple of months, I plateaued. Because your body is yes. smart. Your body gets used to what it's doing. Correct. And so, and we're only in control of maybe 10 to 20% of it. So so I, I really think that if I get anything home with people is that one of the most important things is that you cannot say that I'm going to be on this treadmill for four hours a day and that's the thing that's going to make me skinny. It's physically impossible. So what are the other ones? Well, the other ones I think it's really, number three, uh, it's really important to remember that calories matter, but not as much as you think. So calories are probably about a third of the equation um, that, that go into weight. Loss. What's the other one? Sugar. So sugar is very important. I'm yeah. getting there with insulin, right? But what the calories are is much more important than than how much they are. So you do you shouldn't eat seven thousand calories a day, regardless of what it is. God, but couldn't uh, if I tried. Uh, right, hello, but Actually, probably good. You probably maybe could. But a hundred calories of broccoli is not the same as a hundred calories in a bite of pizza. They're just not. Yeah, but then you're like, oh, if I, you know, my math tells me that if I go on a treadmill and run for 10 minutes, I'm going to burn 100 calories. That will get rid of and counteract the pizza. And it will only burn 20 of those 100 calories. What? No matter. Right, exactly. James, you're a <laughs> dummy. Yeah, I'm what are dummy. you talking about? The other, the other is ins- insulin and consistency. And I'm going to leave insulin as a tease. I don't know if we're going to have more time to talk about Ooh, this. Ooh, insulin as a tease. Yes, insulin is quite the uh, the driver in fat storage and fat burning. It's part of the reason why keto is so popular these days. 
Ooh, I would love to get your thoughts on keto. Uh-huh. Okay, to be continued. We're gonna get that. We're gonna continue this conversation next. We still have so much. We have less than an. We have an hour. Oh my god! Oh, Drop the it. subject. Comes right back. I- Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Atkins South Beach vegan, keto, paleo, pegan. Whole 30. I mean, the diets, I could go on for the rest of the show and list all of them. This is Drop the Subject with Allie and uh, nurse practitioner James Simmons has been joining me today. And we're talking about healthy ways to lose weight, how to have a healthy relationship with weight loss. It is not easy. I actually did lose a fair amount of weight uh, a few years back. I was just kind of creeping up the scale and mm. I was like, okay, you know what, Allie, it's time. Yeah, it's time to do, do a little something about this. It's time. When, yeah. you, when Facebook shows you those, hey, Back in 2009 <laughs> pictures, and you're like, stop it, you stupid fat shaming Facebook. You're doing this on purpose, Facebook, yes, aren't you? Yes, I know. You're doing this on purpose. Passive yeah. aggressive. Uh-huh. Stupid. All right. So anyway, I lost a good amount of weight. I lost like 30 to 40 pounds. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Over the course of a couple of years. It mm-hmm. wasn't really fast. I did... Uh, I did sort of like a 21-day fix beach body type thing to start, mm-hmm. but then I just kind of watched my weight. I cleaned up my diet a lot, and a lot of people started to ask me how I lost weight, and I would tell them, you know, I just cleaned up my diet a lot, and I exercise regularly, and they'd be like, ugh. Like, you could tell they didn't <laughs> want, like, they wanted a different answer. Allie, what is the pill that you yeah. took? <laughs> To lose 40 pounds. Like, that's really what people are asking. Followed right? by, shut up, I hate you, you're so skinny. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. Which was, I mean, skinny shaming is a whole different thing. Um, anyway, I've since gained a little bit back, <laughs> but <laughs> the point is- There's a scientific reason for that. It, really? Mm-hmm. There well, is. Okay. Well, we need to finish the four things, though. <laughs> we do. We do. You're well, enticing me with something completely different. Totally. So- the four things that you are suggesting to have a healthy relationship with weight loss are the following. And you've you've said a couple of these, but let's just refresh everybody. Yeah. So number one, you cannot exercise your way out of a bad diet. And whatever diet you pick, listen to me or not, read the experts or not, Like I think people ultimately are going to end up doing what they want to do. But you just know that this is fact. This is scientific fact. I will ding the bell for this. You cannot exercise your way out of a bad diet. Period. End of discussion. So you can't eat the pizza and then go to the gym next the next day to work the pizza off. It doesn't work that way. Uh, the next one is calories matter, but not as much as you think. So they're probably about a third of the equation. And calorie is not a calorie is not a calorie. Don't ever believe that. We actually, for almost 100 years, known that our bodies process what we put in differently. So hundred, I'll say 500 calories of broccoli is not the same as 500 calories of pizza. Your body treats it differently. Mm, what about cheesy broccoli? Yeah, <laughs> um, my favorite. So <laughs> those are no calories, right? The next one, and I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this, is this insulin thing, right? I want everybody to go with me here. So everyone's heard of insulin, right? It's the thing that allows us to keep sugar out of our bloodstream. It is a key to our cells, and it opens a door in our cells that allows sugar to go into our cells and out of our bloodstream. And every cell in our body, for the most part, can use sugar or glucose to some degree. Okay. So when your sugar goes up, your insulin also goes up, which is why it's super popular right now. Everyone's like, no added sugar, keep the sugar out of everything. However, your insulin also goes up for other reasons. So like, like, well, different things that you eat. So it's not just sugar that you put in your mouth, but there are certain types of vegetables. There's all different kinds of things that you eat that you put in your mouth that cause your insulin to go up. Now, why is this important? There's a process called Drum roll. Gluconeogenesis. 
The new Phil Collins album that controls this process in our body as to whether or not we store fat or burn fat. Okay. I want the second one. Right. We want to burn fat. That process is driven solely by insulin. So if your insulin levels are high all the time, uh-huh. you are always telling your liver and your this gluconeogenesis to be off. You're always telling your liver to store fat. If your insulin levels come down, you're telling your liver, I need to gluco, sugar, neo, new, genesis, make. I'm telling my liver oh. I need to make new sugar, and it makes new sugar from the fat that I store in my love handles. Oh, my God. God, okay. It's science and it works. So keep your insulin level low. Uh, go look at the insulin index. Read Dr. Jason Fung's book, The Obesity Code. It's like my favorite book on earth. And then, it, wait, was that four? Am I an idiot? That do was you have four. Oh, uh, and then the last one is can, whatever you do, consistency is key. You, uh-huh. you, there's, there's actually no, we have not figured out how to lose weight quickly. So whatever you do, just keep doing it. Take your time. Patience, people. I mean, 30 days, a whole 30. Let's do a whole 90. Let's it's, do a it, whole 120. It's a start. Right, let's do a whole just changing your life. Just a whole, yes, a whole 365. All right. Is financial cheating a thing? Apparently, millennials do it all the time. Maybe you have a side account instead of having a side piece. We'll talk about that next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Have you ever cheated on your spouse? Financially. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's awfully personal, Allie. That, that's what we're <laughs> hey. getting into now. This is Drop the Subject. Allie here. James Simmons is uh, hanging out with me today. And I have never cheated on a spouse. I actually have cheated on a boyfriend once with a girl. Oh. And then he ended up being an a-hole anyway. So I feel like they cancel each Zero other out. Zero remorse, correct. Now, financial cheating, I actually don't think I have done either. But let's get into it because well, a lot of millennials commit financial fidelity, according infidelity, according to a new study. And what? so what does this study say about what exactly, this is my question, what exactly is financial infidelity? I'm very glad you asked, James Simmons, NP. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, 27% of millennials are keeping secret checking accounts, secret savings accounts, or secret credit cards. And when I say financial infidelity, my, so for example, maybe... My wife and I have just gone through our spending. It's a, it's, We're trying to tighten the purse strings if we had purses, which we don't. <laughs> and then we decide, okay, we're going to rein it in a little bit. And then my wife on, the, on her way home decides to get a manicure and pedicure. She does not want to have to explain that expense to me. So she go ahead, goes ahead and just puts it on a different card that I don't have access to. Or maybe even know about, it sounds like. Like maybe there's yes. a credit card that you don't even know about. Which I kind of found out last weekend that my wife has she's like oh yeah i have this many credit cards and i was like what because <laughs> she was like my credit score is great because i have this many credit cards and oh, i was like, oh, you with don't... like big open balances probably yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. not like she's thousands of dollars in debt in any, or right, anything right. but she had way more credit cards than i thought she did did and you I... did you feel cheated on well, I mean, I felt a little bit like, what are you talking about? What do you have? What do you mean? And then she was like, I have Target. We went through all of them, and I was like, okay, actually, yes, they all, they all are. I, they, they had a, an explanation. It wasn't just, oh, okay, she's obviously opened a new credit card and she's spending, you know, she's spending money on mani pedis every single week, right. and I have no idea. Um, but have you ever experienced something like this? Have you ever financially cheated without really realizing it? What expenses do you keep from your significant other? Uh, you know, I think this is really interesting because I have a very different take on this. So my husband and I 
do we do not share any finances at all. Oh. He has his checking it. and savings. Now, I will say that things are sort of down on paper, right? So obviously, so like if he, I always say, if he dies, I get his money. If I die, he gets my debt. <laughs> but, and so, as a doctor. Yeah, yeah. hello. There is a lot of it. Oh, man. So, but we, we talk about finances. We're very open about them. But I'm very much a believer that this is my money. And as long as I'm paying my half of the mortgage and my car note and like if we're going on a vacation, I'm, I can keep my end of the bargain up. Like you don't need to know what else I'm doing with my money like this. If I want to get a pedicure on the way home, as long as I've paid the bills that we mutually pay together and 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 committed to our financial commitments. Right. Uh-huh. If I've, I've seen them through. Then it's my money. I get to do whatever I want, including if I'm going to open a new credit card because it's 0% interest. I think that's great for two people who are extremely financially responsible. (laughs) Are you saying that maybe your wife is not? I'm just saying we've had many conversations about, like, if she saw something on Amazon that was $600 that she didn't even know she needed, I wouldn't trust her to not purchase it. Ah, mm -hmm. very good. So that's why... Well, also, we have a joint credit card that we use for almost all of our spending. And mm-hmm. then we have our separate checking accounts. So we do have separate expenses. Thing, yeah. Se- yeah, we have separate accounts. And Susie Orman always says, the best thing that you can do for yourself in a relationship is to have your own checking account. One, I love Susie Orman. She's a family member, by the way. I think we She should is? Listen. Yeah, Susie Orman is family. You didn't know that? No. Oh, oh wait. Well, yes. No, I, you not, mean LGBT She's family. LGBTQ oh, okay. family. No, no, she's not, I was she's like, not like get her in here. Member. What are you doing? What are you sitting here for? Oh, Susie's my girl. But you know, <laughs> speaking of stress and anxiety that Susie talks about with her you know, financial programs or whatever, and I love Susie Orman, uh, this does cause my husband anxiety. I will not say that it is not a thing in our relationship. Because I'm all you don't know. Around. It's all a mystery. He is. And so sometimes I'll be like, oh, thank God that check just came in because I got to pay off this credit card. And he's like, what? Why? Are you, what? Why are you- what credit card? I thought. And I was like, baby, I paid my mortgage. I paid whatever. Like, don't worry about my credit cards. I got it. Okay. But then do you have a savings account that you're... Is that's all separate too? I mean, my own, but not together. Wow. I, I mean, interesting. It, it causes him anxiety. Whereas I'm like, I guess that I'm cheating every day. All right, so you're my wife and I'm me. Yeah, very much. Got yes. it. Got it. All right. Well, now that we've cleared that up, it's time for news it or lose it. James Simmons will present me with three headlines, and I get the votes. You get the news. That's next. Drop the subject. Presents. Lose it or lose it. All right, it's that time. James, are you excited? I am very excited about this news it or lose it. I feel like, you know, my very first one on Tuesday was a three for three. Has anyone, has anyone that you have guest hosted with, Allie, had three for three news it or lose it? You know, I don't think so. Yes. That's great then. (laughs) Take that. I'm taking the award home. So I'm going to see if I can do it again today. (laughs) I'm slightly, honestly, I'm slightly less confident. And of course, no offense. Number one. Jokes come flying in after man gets upset about his pride sandwich. A pride? Oh, is that, I wonder if this is the same pride sandwich that I heard of last year. I will news it to find out. You will news it to find out. Oh my gosh, I hope it wasn't uh, last year. Maybe. Uh, okay, <laughs> the next one. Aviva, sorry for calling thousands of customers Michael. Hmm, uh, interesting, but I'm going to lose it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Deleting it. Uh, last story. 
extremely obese owl sheds some pounds after being too fat to fly. Yes. <laughs> that would be a nice tie-in with our previous conversation. I know. I hope that owl was listening to drop the subject to learn about a healthy road to weight loss. <laughs> all right. All that and next and more next. Uh, don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. Okay, James Simmons, you have two stories to deliver to me. Begin. Jokes come flying in after man gets upset about his pride sandwich. So... This story does have a little bit of a tie into last year, right? So a pride-themed sandwich um, has rubbed one customer the wrong way. And Twitter, of course, been a lot of Twitter in today's show, right? Yeah. Has found his complaint rather amusing. Tariq Nasheed, who writes books for men to become better pickup artists, tweeted a photo of the LGBT sandwich that is being sold in British supermarkets Marks and Spencers, right? Yes, I remember when this came out and everybody was, even gay, you know, LGBT people were like, this is stupid. And I was like, <laughs> well, yeah, but as long as it's BLT, I'm happy. Which is what it is. That's the whole point. It's a, it, I think it's a, it's a clever marketing play. It's a lettuce, guac, bacon, tomato sandwich, right? LGBT. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Except... Uh, Tariq. Wait, oh, guac. Oh, guac. okay, okay, uh-huh. okay. Because I was like, avocado asexual. <laughs> uh. Right, Q-I-A, right, whatever, yeah. however many Put letters we have. Put some quince in there. Well, he grabs this sandwich, takes a picture of it, although apparently the sandwich has been off the shelves since October of 2019. So he's waited a while to do this. So this is an old-ass sandwich? It's an, well, <laughs> <laughs> How long be. is this? Or an old ass picture, at least. Okay. He takes a picture of this sandwich and sends out a tweet that says, but, 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 ain't no agenda. And he's capitalizing like the N and the O and the G and the D. And it, yeah. Okay. He's being, he's being that guy. Well, let me tell you something. What's your name? T- Tariq Nasheed. Tariq Nasheed. <laughs> this. This was a ploy on all of the large companies to try and pander to the LGBTQ plus IA community. When when Pride was happening and leading up to Pride, the whole theme was that every company and their mother was going to put out an LGBT something to the point where there were LGBT Converse, there were LGBT sandwiches, there was LGBT Adidas bags. I mean, every single thing was rainbow. Mm-hmm. And it was not part of our agenda. It's part of the company's, the man's agenda. They have a man-on-man agenda. They- <laughs> it has nothing with us. They really, well, it's really a man-on-money agenda, right? Yeah. Like they want our money because we uh, tend to be loyal as a group and we tend to spend money. We tend to have discretionary income. Well, as we just discussed, as we just people on Twitter, however, have discretionary time because they had some really, really great uh, comments about these. So one person was saying there's definitely an agenda. That's the exact sandwich I ate right before I turned gay. (laughs) (laughs) You're a grown man afraid of a sandwich. And there's a meme in there (laughs) holding them. (laughs) <laughs> There's a guy with a shaking his fist, and it says, "Old man yells at sandwich." <laughs> and then uh, finally, one Twitter person said, uh, "This is interesting. Can you please give me a list of which sandwiches are heterosexual?" Yeah, I would say definitely. Uh, I would say peanut butter jelly is probably the most oh, hetero sandwich. Absolutely, just like two opposites. Great. Yep. yep just just like... two ingredients and bread. The the. 
Uh, one thing that owls should stop eating uh-huh. are peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Okay, great segue. We have, thank you, we have an obese owl. I think this is hysterical, <laughs> speaking of what we just talked about. Extremely obese owl shed some pounds after being too fat to fly. So long story short, they found this owl out in a field. They thought something was wrong with the owl. They rushed it to the veterinarians. Something's wrong with the owl. She's not flying. When it really turns out that just the owl was too fat to fly, like physics came into okay. play here. Quist question. Uh-huh. Is this the Tootsie Pop owl? <laughs> One, <laughs> a two, a, two, a 75, a and now I can't fly. Crunch. Yes. So too many Tootsie Pops for the Tootsie Roll owl, and she can't fly. However, they put the owl on an extremely strict insulin-free diet. Really? And now she's flying well. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm so glad. You know, it's great that owls get great health care. Yeah, right. right. Isn't well, it? this is in the UK, though, where okay. everyone gets. Oh, okay, yeah. all right, yeah. all right, all right. I got it. All right. Thank you so much, James. Happy endings are next. We will see you back here in a few minutes. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, here we are, and queer we are. Drop the subject. <laughs> queer we are. Queer we are, and here we are. Thank you for joining us throughout the show. It's time for us to say our goodbyes, but never fear. Because James Simmons will be back on Monday. Oh, I thought you were going to say, because James Simmons is here. Because James Simmons is leaving. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Because he's gone. I will be back on Monday. Thank you so much for having me again today. Uh, Of course. So if you have any questions that are health-related, maybe you don't want to go to the doctor, maybe you don't even want to email your dumb doctor, you want to just ask an NP, you can always follow at AskTheNP, and you can ask James anything you want, and you can ask here live on the show as well. On Monday, he'll be back uh, from 10 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, All right, we've covered a lot on the show today, a lot, a lot. Uh, It has been a lot. We have uh, talked about some crazy impeachment stuff. (laughs) We talked about robots making medicine. We talked about a hetero couple that climbed Mount Kilimanjaro while raising money for a good cause. Damn do-gooders. Damn do-gooders who I was banking on were going to be lesbians, but you you (laughs) did not fall for my shenanigans. Sniffed their straight out. (laughs) We talked about financial cheating and much more, but the question now is what are people's happy endings? Because, you know... And all the things that we talk about, there are things that might bum you out a little bit. It's important that we end on a positive note. Take something that was sad and make it happy. What's your happy ending there, Jimmy? Happy. James? Happy. <laughs> Jimmy? You know, my family does call me Jimmy. So They call you Jimmy? <laughs> Jimmy. And <laughs> we're from Nebraska, so sometimes it might come out that way. Jimmy? Yeah, Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> My dad calls me Jim Bob. Jim Bob? He calls you Jim Bob? It's the cutest thing ever. I can't. Oh. I, my dad is adorable. Jim Bob is Jim the Bob. best thing. Okay, that's your name from now Isn't on. that, maybe that's my happy ending. We turned James into Jim Bob. My happy ending, speaking of of aged black men, <laughs> who, who my dad also is, right? Uh, I think that the happy ending needs no spin. It needs no nothing. It needs thank you to Governor Gavin Newsom Mm -hmm. and the assembly members and the uh, senators here in the state of California for working really hard towards uh, uh, pardoning Bayard Rustin, who is a legend in American history and in not just the civil rights movement and and for black people, but for everyone in the United States and was such, such an example. You want to talk about a pioneer, someone who was out 
as a gay man in the 50s and 60s in the black community, uh, this is incredible. So my my turning, my happy ending is that even though he died 33 years ago, we have pardoned him. Yeah. He will not be remembered forever as a sex offender. He will be remembered for exactly what he did, which is change this country and change people's lives. Mm, well said, James. Thank you very much. That was a great happy ending. Uh, all right, here's mine. James, someone may have committed murder in your Ford Mustang. <laughs> but... At least when you create your own unexplainable stains in that car, you won't have to explain them at all because you have the best excuse ever. <laughs> that is amazing. Okay. <laughs> but whatever stains sorry. are there, it doesn't matter. That was already someone there. Else, was uh, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> someone, I'm sorry, guys. There was murder in my car. I, I just, uh, I is that lemonade? No, 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 no. It's murder. <laughs> no, sorry. It's, it's, it's murder. Yeah. And I love how all stains are just murder. murder. Not a specific fluid. <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, hold on. You have a little murder you on gotta, your hand. <laughs> you know, nice. Windex gets murder right out. <laughs> uh, murder away. Uh, Jesse, do you have a happy ending? No, I do not. <gasps> you oh. know what that means. You were so much for my happy and now everyone loses. No, I'm just kidding. No <laughs> poor, shade, Avril. Poor Avril. I love you and your skinny no. ties. All right, we will see you tomorrow. Again, if you missed anything, definitely check out the podcast. Drop the subject wherever you find your podcast. You can keep up on all things show-related at DTS Show on Twitter and on Instagram. James, I'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend. You, I'll see you tomorrow for another live show. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.